It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Another week has come and gone in the Planetary Truman Show so-called civilization where the public's perception of reality, of events, of threats, of everything is completely managed by the consolidated corporate media ministry of propaganda. Here's a headline from metroresearch.org. From the report, the concentration of ownership in the news media industry has become a significant concern in recent years, recent decades, and significant concern doesn't at all capture the gravity of this threat. They continue, this phenomenon refers to an imbalance where a small number of individuals or corporations control a large portion of the media outlets. It's over 90% for those who don't know, thereby influencing the information disseminated to the public. The report continues, a consequence of media consolidation is limited diversity in news coverage. Understatement. When ownership becomes concentrated in the hands of just a few players, there is an increased likelihood that certain perspectives or voices will be marginalized or excluded altogether. That is very applicable today. The report then says, this can lead to a homogenization of information presented to the public, limiting critical thinking and fostering an environment where alternative viewpoints struggle to gain traction or... Let's tell it like it is. More often than not, any information that does not comply with official narratives is completely omitted. Matrix media is controlled by those who print the money, those who control the central banking system, thus the military-industrial complex and the countries they claim to serve. Factually indisputable near-term existential threats are routinely omitted from public view. Thus, the epidemic of normalcy bias that permeates first world populations especially. Even with the looming tidal wave of systemic ecological collapse that towers over our collective heads, and of course, there's the shockingly visible ongoing worsening climate engineering operations also looming over our collective heads, blotting out the sun, disrupting weather everything, being used as a covert weapon of control from devastating droughts to entire seasons of forest incinerations, often followed by deadly deluges. All of it wreaking havoc on crops and communities alike. No weather can or should be considered natural at this point because it isn't, nor has it been for decades. Global geoengineering operations were first deployed immediately after World War II and ramped up all along the way. Where does that put us now? And all of the intentional climate disruption on top of the endless list of other highly damaging forms of human activity that have laid waste to the planet in the geologic blink of an eye. We're in a very dark corner at this point. A darkness that few have yet shown the courage to face. And how many are still, even now, trying to tell themselves that if they can just get their power structure ordained political puppet elected, that everything will turn out fine and they will live happily ever after? It's not going to happen. You can quote me on that. Based on the amount of factors that are already past the breaking point, both ecological and geopolitical, 
I can't imagine any scenario by which we would even make it to the 2024 U.S. so-called elections without our collective reality being capsized. Because the moment the public realizes the party's over, it's over. And those in power know this. And they're not going to let the public wake up, realize what's been done to them, grab their proverbial pitchforks and torches and take to the streets looking for anyone and everyone responsible, which includes mainstream media. They're not going to let that happen. They're going to play ever bigger cards and likely very soon. They're already implementing many of their agendas and objectives, which are transparent enough for any that don't have their eyes wide shut. Unfolding and accelerating global ecological collapse is and will always be the bottom line foundational factor on which all else depends. If the planet's remaining life support systems are pushed to the point of failure, all other causes, all other concerns become meaningless. What happens when the world's largest tropical wetland becomes an inferno, along with the far north forests, all up in smoke? Devastating droughts, floods, fires, mass contamination, both atmospheric and surface, crop collapse, fisheries collapse, mass starvation, endless wars based on the pretext of events the controllers knew were coming, climate engineering, the list goes on, and it's getting bigger by the day. If you're willing to face bad news head on, you're on the right channel. But not to worry. Thanksgiving and the holidays are here. Time to feed the normalcy bias epidemic with non-stop, mindless matrix media. How incredibly true all of this is, especially in the USSA. Don't look up, lest you take notice of the epitome of human hubris playing God with the weather. Our indigenous communities caught up in the, quote, Thanksgiving holiday. Mass consumption mayhem. I think not. My lineage, my Choctaw ancestors, and the Trail of Tears, that's the history of the indigenous all over the world. Where's the current course of the human race leading us all? How close is that destination? How many have the courage to fully face the wider horizon, how many would rather keep their heads buried in the sand until the last possible moment, the moment of impact at full velocity, which now draws perilously near. Global ecological collapse has beat the controllers to the proverbial intersection. Their desperation is now more shockingly evident than ever before. Question, was humanity's end determined from the very start of our so-called success as a species? Stay tuned. I'll get to that question later in this installment of the Bad News Broadcast. Next, about the military-industrial complex from starsandstripes.com, the following headline this week, quote, This was not a surprise. Pentagon again fails annual audit of $3.8 trillion in military assets. Question, could covert climate engineering operations be a big part of where the black ops money is going? Will the criminals that line the ranks of the military-industrial complex ever admit to their crimes? That blank isn't hard to fill in. Here's another not-so-happy headline, this one from USA Today. U.S. military says national security depends on, quote, forever chemicals. Yes, the same PFAS forever chemicals that recent science studies now confirm are in every single drop of rain everywhere in the world, from the North Pole to the South Pole to the top of Mount Everest. This means every bite of food, every bit of water, 
with a few deep well exceptions. It means these chemicals that our, quote, national security depends on are not going to be given up by the controllers, nor are they going to stop with their campaigns of endless wars, which they tell us is the only way to peace. Welcome to the world of Orwell's 1984. These forever chemicals, which the U.S. military says our security depends on, are not only harming us, they are also decimating the planet's remaining life support systems, along with the entire remaining web of life that completely depends on those systems, including our own lives. Again, question, what quantity of these forever chemicals are being sprayed into our skies as part of the global climate engineering operations? For the record, the U.S. military machine, statistically, is the world's largest single source polluter. Please don't believe me. Please investigate for yourself. And this question, why does the U.S. military have nearly 800 bases on foreign soil in everyone else's country or on their border? This is why. It's called empire and the pursuit of resources that the empire must have to sustain itself. And how many Americans are there that don't want the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute party to end? How many are there that feel fine about the U.S. military boot being on the neck of other countries so long as their personal paradigm is kept going at any cost to anyone, anywhere? This equation is wrong. It always has been. But its end draws near, one way or another. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It, broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. Moving on, more bad news. Question, does the sun feel increasingly intense on your skin, on surfaces? It's not your imagination. New from the UK Daily Mail, yet more confirmation of what Geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for almost 15 years, while so-called climate science academicians have continued to lie and deny. Here's the headline. Ozone hole has been, quote, remarkably massive over the past four years. Scientists warn gap over Antarctica is larger and deeper than ever before and say that CFCs aren't the only things to blame. No, they're not. Climate engineering core of this equation. The Daily Mail report continues. UN report this year claimed the ozone hole was on track to become mended, but the report says a new study claims it's too large, despite the ban on chemicals that were thought to cause it. The report then states, quote, the ozone hole has been remarkably massive over the last four years. This is from scientists from New Zealand, and they have now revealed this in the report. The authors of this new study claim there's been a 26% loss in the core of the ozone hole in the past 19 years alone. But again, they're not sure why. The fact that the hole is still growing without the impact of CFCs is a cause for concern, they say. You think a cause for concern? No ozone layer, no terrestrial life, and likely little to no aquatic life. Yeah, it's cause for concern. 
I would say so. Final excerpt from the report. Most major communications about the ozone layer over the last few years have given the public the impression that the ozone issue has been solved, which of course couldn't be further from the truth. For the record, climate engineering operations and all that they entail, including frequency transmissions, are the single greatest ozone layer destroying factor of all. Search the ozone destruction section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And remember, no functional ozone layer, no people. Simple. What else is Matrix Media masking from public view while they distract the majority with every imaginable form of consumerism, and mindless entertainment. Let's start with this. The Amazon region continues to burn. Almost none, especially in first world nations, have any clue that the fate of the planet is in the balance. When the world's largest tropical wetlands are burning to the ground in the rainy season, the alarm bells should be going off. From AP News, fires in Brazil threaten jaguars, houses, and plants in the world's largest tropical wetland. Next from CBS News, out of control wildfires are ravaging Brazil's wildlife rich Pantanal wetlands. Next headline, same theme, atypical fire, AKA not normal, in the Pantanal wetlands in November, alarms and surrounds residents amid drought. For those that are unfamiliar with the Pantanal region, the Pantanal is the world's largest tropical wetland area and the world's largest flooded grassland region. It's located mostly within Brazil, but it, it extends into portions of Bolivia and Paraguay. And now it's going up in smoke. The incineration of one of the planet's most important ecosystems has been ongoing, and yet almost none have a clue. Going back to mid-October, this headline from the New York Times, as mentioned at the start of this broadcast, the world's largest tropical wetland has become an inferno. There were 2,387 fires in the Pantanal in the first 13 days of November alone, an increase of more than 1,000% from the month of November 2022, from one year ago. The lungs of the planet are going up in smoke. Northern latitude boreal forests, the same. This reminder on that front, 72,000 square miles incinerated in Canada this year alone. That's larger than the state of Georgia or Florida. If we remain in the current course, we won't be here much longer, any of us. It's not speculation. It's mathematical certainty. From the UK Guardian, Deforestation has big impact on regional temperatures, study of Brazilian Amazon shows. Why is that a surprise and why do we need a, a massive scientific panel to come to that conclusion? They say research highlights benefits forests bring surrounding regions in terms of cooler air and more rainfall. Obviously, many people don't know that rain falls where forests grow. It's not just that forests grow where rain falls, the reverse is true as well. We always thought, the report says, this might be happening but the extent is bigger than we expected. Again, from the scientists, it's worse than we expected, bigger than we expected, more catastrophic than we expected. The so-called science community now constantly admitting that everything is, quote, worse than they expected. And when you cut down all the trees in a forest, what happens to the wildlife? Forever etched into my mind is film footage that I've seen of a mother orangutan holding her baby and clinging to the top branches of the last tree in a completely decimated section of formerly thriving forest with loggers and their heavy equipment waiting at the base of the tree, apparently for the order 
to knock it down. And I will never, ever forget this image. I keep it in my field of vision always, like many other images of the same theme. Human insanity. It drives me forward day in and day out to expose it, all of it, or to die trying. For the record, every year it's estimated that between 1,000 to 5,000 miraculous orangutans are killed in palm oil plantations alone where they level forests for those plantations. This is a significant portion of the last remaining wild orangutan population which is lost without fail every single year between 1,000 and 5,000. Also for the record, sustainable palm oil doesn't exist. Palm oil companies clear huge swaths of the world's most biodiverse forests and now they are gone, forever, along with the miraculous intelligent orangutans and the rest of the web of life that once lived in these rainforests, now gone, forever. But hey, who cares? It's Thanksgiving, with Christmas right around the corner, and then New Year's Day. Football games, beer, pizza, and parties. Based on all available data, and the multitude of factors that are already past the breaking point, and the tipping points that have already been breached, this may very well be the last Walmart Christmas. 2024 will likely be a year of challenges that very few are even willing to yet contemplate. The U.S. Matrix Media Ministry of Propaganda continues to practice a nearly complete blackout of critically important news from around the world. Here's one example. Although this is from CBS, it's a headline for the back pages but not televised on any platform with any significant reach. They don't want any bad PR for the controllers, after all. Here's the headline. The, quote, polluter elite are disproportionately driving climate change, a.k.a. climate collapse. According to a new report, with the wealthiest 1% of people in the world putting out as much carbon pollution as the poorest two-thirds in the world. And about this headline, let's not forget... It's this top 1% of the wealth pyramid that conceal the climate engineering operations which holds all of our near-term existence in the balance. But is it just the 1% causing all the problems? No. First, they couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. And next, there's this from the UK Guardian, revealed the huge climate impact of the middle classes. From that new report, the richest 10% of people in many countries cause up to 40 times more climate heating carbon emissions than the poorest 10% of their fellow citizens. That's according to data obtained by The Guardian. So it seems that there's plenty of blame to go around. Bottom line, industrialized, militarized, so-called society was never sustainable, not even close. Next puzzle piece. This is from grist.org. The world is careening toward three degrees of warming, UN says, ahead of climate conference. A new UN report sets the stage for high-stakes negotiations at COP28 later this month. First, for the record, unfiltered frontline data indicates we're already past 3.5 degrees C of warming since pre-industrial temperatures. And yes, the climate conference facades. This one to be directed by an Arab state oil industry executive. No conflict of interest there. And what is the true behind-the-scenes objective of the climate conferences? To force nations to continue cooperating with covert climate engineering operations and to keep business as usual until total collapse, which is coming soon 
in many forms. But many would ask if the temperatures are getting so warm, what about this new headline from AccuWeather.com? Wintry chill to follow snowstorm in Denver into Thanksgiving weekend. AccuWeather then says, quote, dramatic temperature drop in store for Rockies and Plains. The report continues, abnormal warmth has been a theme across much of Colorado already in November. Through November 20th, Colorado Springs was 6.4 degrees Fahrenheit above average for the month, and Denver has recorded temperatures 7.1 degrees above the historical average for the month. The drop in temperatures expected across the Rockies and Front Ranges will be nothing short of dramatic, the report says. For the record, Denver is commonly used for this type of winter weather whiplash because Denver sits in a basin. Chemically ice-nucleated moisture creates a cold, dense layer of air that sinks to the surface, fills this basin, and they can create incredible temperature drops in recent years, as much as 70 degrees in less than 24 hours. It's truly astounding. So Denver is commonly used for this practice. Welcome to climate-engineered winter weather whiplash. Check the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And there's this new AccuWeather report. Thanksgiving Day forecast is rain-free for many, snowy for some, they say. West Coast is expected to be rain-free on Thanksgiving. Question, where's the West Coast rain being manipulated to? Alaska. Steered up and over the ionosphere heater-induced clockwise rotating atmospheric high-pressure dome. And the result is this, sensationalized winter weather headlines that the controllers and the climate engineers use to confuse and divide populations in regard to the true extent of unfolding planetary meltdown. Here's one current example of the newly created Alaska headlines. This one from snowbrains.com. Anchorage, Alaska in midst of snowiest November since records begin. And there's this from the Kodiak Daily Mirror. The snowiest day in Alaska and potentially U.S. history, question mark. And this, while so much of the world is baking and burning, welcome to climate engineering. The middle of last week saw yet another round of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico pushed toward the U.S. Northeast, hit hard with chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations, which eventually produced scattered flurries, various forms of frozen material in the far Northeast. The climate engineers are ever more desperate to maintain pockets of surface cold on a world that is rapidly heating. Please search and view, again, the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn so much more. But will technology save us from ourselves? No. Another new headline from grist.org. Where could millions of EV batteries retire? Question mark. The headline then says, Solar Farms. From the report, a Southern California company is showing how repurposed EV batteries for stationary storage can extend their usefulness for several years. Really. This is more fantasy, wishful so-called solutions that aren't. Once an EV battery is at the end of its lifespan, there's little left to salvage before the highly toxic battery is destined for the dump. Renewable energy? Not so much. What is covered by the Matrix Media? From People Magazine, NASA plans to build houses on the moon by 2040. From that report, the U.S. Space Agency has partnered with ICON, that's an acronym, a pioneering construction company, to build dwellings on the moon using 3D printers and concrete made from space materials. Right. Sure they will. 
The report continues, NASA is about to make yet another giant leap for mankind. They then say more than 50 years after astronaut Neil Armstrong became the first person to walk on the moon as part of the Apollo 11 mission, the U.S. Space Agency is plotting another lunar visit, only this time it will reportedly be a permanent one. According to the New York Times, NASA believes that by 2040, Americans will be living in houses on the moon. It's hard to know how to respond to this. First, we should all question the official narrative that NASA astronauts were driving EV dune buggies on the moon over 50 years ago in the 1960s, but we've never been back. NASA has officially stated on the record that much or most of the moon landing film footage that they said they had was taped over. Why? Because NASA says film rolls are expensive and no one was watching them, so they just taped over them. Right. And there's this. Top NASA officials have officially stated on the record that we lost the technology to go to the moon. Wait, what? Yes, that's exactly what's been stated on film and on the record. And now we're expected to gulp down the colossal fairy tale that people are going to be living in 3D printed houses on the moon by 2040. There's no words for this published total nonsense from the so-called experts that we are taught, trained, and programmed from birth to blindly believe, and sadly, far too many still choose to do so. For the record, life forms, including astronauts, can't pass through the Van Allen radiation belts without significant lead shielding, too much lead shielding for even the Apollo rockets to carry. The Van Allen radiation belts surround the planet from about 1,000 kilometers to 12,000 kilometers and the radiation in this zone is about a thousand times higher than in space, beyond the belts. And all of this fits into the same category as proposed space mirrors to block the sun, Brazil-sized balloons in space to do the same, covering the Earth's ice deposits with tarps also to block the sun, putting 10 million wind-powered water pumps in the Arctic to bring cold, deep-sea water to the surface. The list of ridiculous and idiotic proposals goes on and on, all actual proposals from the so-called science community. So, have we been lied to on a scale that can scarcely be comprehended on countless fronts continuing to this day? You decide. And while pondering all that, take the time to look up. Take notice of the jet dispersions filling our skies with proven climate engineering elements. Yes, proven. View the geoengineeringwatch.org groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. With all that in mind, in summary, we're expected to believe the entire NASA ongoing deception, which has served the controllers by distracting populations through crimes like the Vietnam War, for example. While we're also expected to deny what anyone but the clinically blind can see with their own eyes, climate engineering operations in our skies. Back to biosphere collapse, which is being further fueled and manipulated by the ongoing climate engineering operations in question from Newsweek. Dozens killed as torrential rains pummel Dominican Republic and Haiti. From CTV News, tropical disturbance unleashes floods and landslides in Jamaica. From Bloomberg.com, flooded fields delay European sugar harvest and risk beet losses. We're seeing so many agricultural regions targeted with either flash floods, flash drought, flash freezes. Next from 
citizenplanet.com. Kenya experiencing two extremes of drought and floods. Again, hallmark of climate engineering operations, drought, flood scenarios. From AP News, death toll from floods in Kenya, Somalia, and Ethiopia rises to 130. Also from AP News, severe storms in Turkey leave nine dead. Eleven are still missing after a cargo ship sank in the Black Sea from this storm. From Nature.com, record-breaking heat set to hit Southern Hemisphere as summer begins. From BBC, more record heat in Brazil, and it's still nearly a month from the official start of summer. Listen to this. Brazil records its hottest ever temperature. And they had a heat index a week ago in Rio de Janeiro of 137.3 degrees. And now they recorded their hottest overall temperature. I think it was 112 or 14. And that's without heat index. I don't know how high the heat index would have been. They didn't publicize it in this article. Perhaps too high for them to want to share. From AccuWeather. Dangerous, severe weather, including tornadoes to target southern U.S., A strengthening storm fueled by moisture from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico will ignite a significant round of severe weather which will put lives and property in danger. But those Gulf of Mexico oil rigs remain untouched by any inclement weather. What a miracle. The flow of oil will continue unhindered. Just nature steering storms away from the drilling platforms? No, not nature. Climate engineering operations are easily seen on satellite imagery. From Salon.com. Thanks to climate change, autumn will never be the same. From that report, fall weather is drastically changing thanks to global warming, a.k.a. global climate collapse. Fixing it, the report says, will require us to stabilize emissions. Too late for that. Far too late. The report continues. Trees are holding onto their leaves longer. That's explained by Dr. Howard Diamond, senior climate scientist at NOAA's National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Air Resource Laboratory. Question, did it take NOAA's senior scientists to tell us that? Are the climate engineers desperate enough to use defoliants in fall rains to force deciduous trees into dormancy, thus causing their leaves to die on trees and hang there dead until strong winds blow them off? Geoengineeringwatch.org has long since been working on this equation with extensive testing. More news to come on this soon, and you will not like that news. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 433, November 25th, 2023. This is Dane Wigginton, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is currently being aired on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Please help us in our desperate effort to sound the alarm by helping us to share the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. I'm cutting this announcement a bit short so that I have time to cover perspectives that need to be stated and pondered, even if they are difficult to consider and unwanted by most. 
I'll start with this, a headline from Collapse2050.com, which for the record should be Collapse2025.com, if not sooner. Humanity's end was determined from the start. Was it? And is it? Let's take a trip to ponder what many may not have yet considered. Given the visible and recognized vastness of the known universe, it's mathematically possible that one billion intelligent civilizations exist. So why is it that there's no signs of these civilizations? Is it possible, or even likely, that all advanced civilizations are eventually destroyed by a, quote, great filter, a.k.a. a programmed propensity for self-extermination? Thus the following question. Is it probable that humanity is currently going through its great filter right now? Please follow me through this process as it's completely relevant and core to all that we hold dear and all that we face. First, let's examine this question, why alien life should exist. The Milky Way, our galaxy, is home to approximately 100 to 400 billion stars, and assuming that a portion of these stars are central to solar systems similar to our own, it's conceivable that the Milky Way could contain tens to hundreds of billions of such systems. Adding to this the discovery of thousands of exoplanets, many found in systems with multiple planets through missions like Kepler and TESS. This reinforces the idea that planetary systems are common around stars and that widespread occurrences of exoplanets suggest a significant majority of stars throughout the universe might host their own solar systems. Expanding this view to the larger cosmos with an estimated 2 trillion galaxies in the observable universe, each potentially holding as many stars as the Milky Way on average, the numbers thus become even more astronomical. This implies a universe where hundreds of trillions to quadrillions of solar systems could exist, each with its own unique characteristics and potentially life-supporting conditions. To crudely estimate the number of solar systems with planets that have conditions favorable to life, let's use the higher end of the estimate, one quadrillion solar systems in the universe. Even if only 1% of these solar systems have planets with conditions favorable to life, there could potentially be up to 10 trillion solar systems with planets that have conditions conducive to life. Even if only 1% of the planets with conditions favorable to life actually developed life, from the 10 trillion potential life-supporting solar systems, this would imply that the existence of approximately 100 billion planets where life has potentially developed. Rudimentary life faces its own set of great filters, so let's exclude those that get eliminated early on and assume a portion reach an advanced state like on Earth. If just 1% of the planets with life are able to develop intelligent civilizations from the estimated 100 billion planets with life, this would suggest the potential existence of approximately 1 billion planets with intelligent civilizations across the universe. Now consider that the universe is believed to be approximately 13.8 billion years old, and it's believed life on Earth began approximately 3.5 to 3.8 billion years ago. If we consider the development of tools, the control of fire, and early forms of communications as indications of intelligence, then intelligent life in the form of the genus Homo, aka early humans, has been on Earth for approximately 2 million years. However, the more complex behaviors associated with modern humans have been evident for only about 50,000 years or more. Given the age of the universe, it would stand to reason that there has been ample opportunity for life similar to ours or more advanced than ours to develop. So if the probability of life elsewhere in the universe is so high, why have we never seen or heard from intelligent alien civilizations? This is referred to as the Fermi Paradox. The Wikipedia definition of the Fermi Paradox 
is the discrepancy between the lack of conclusive evidence of advanced extraterrestrial life and the apparently high likelihood of its existence. So, do all civilizations self-destruct? The Great Filter is a concept used to explain the Fermi Paradox and why. That despite the vast numbers of potentially habitable planets in the universe, there is no observed evidence of intelligent extraterrestrial life. The Great Filter concept refers to a hypothetical stage or stages in the evolution of life that are extremely difficult for life to surpass. The concept raises the question of whether there is some barrier that makes the emergence of complex life or advanced civilizations very rare and short-lived. These barriers could include the following, the emergence of life, the transition from non-living matter to living organisms, the development of single-celled life, the appearance of the first simple single-celled organisms, complex multicellular life, the evolution from simple single-celled organisms to complex multicellular organisms, the emergence of intelligent life and their eventual technologies, the development of species with higher intelligence and the ability to create sophisticated technology, and five, the ability to avoid self-destruction, overcoming internal and external threats that could lead to the extinction of intelligent life, such as nuclear war, environmental destruction, or catastrophic cosmic events. I want to take a moment to state for the record that from my personal perspective, the fact that life evolves in no way challenges my belief in a creator and what my ancestors would call the Great Spirit. The evolution of life into countless miraculous and symbiotic life forms absolutely solidifies my belief in a creator. Rationally, scientifically, the mathematical odds of all this occurring by mere chance is a statistical zero. As an explanation for the Fermi paradox, the Great Filter concept suggests that if intelligent life is rare in the universe, then at least one of these stages must be exceedingly rare also and difficult to achieve. This leads to two possibilities for the human race and civilization. That the filter is behind us. This would imply that one of the early steps in the evolution of life, such as the emergence of life itself or the transition to multicellular levels, is incredibly rare and we are one of the few life forms to have made it through. Or the filter is ahead of us. This more concerning possibility and likelihood suggests that there is some future hurdle potentially related to the development of advanced technology or the ability to sustain a global civilization that is past the overshoot level that most intelligent life does not overcome. It is plausible that there are multiple filters, some of which are behind us, but that leaves one left. Again, for humanity, self-destruction. The potential for a civilization to self-destruct encompasses a variety of scenarios influenced by factors like technological advancement, social dynamics, environmental interactions, and governance structures. A nuclear war could, of course, obliterate civilization. Firstly, through its immediate catastrophic impacts, the detonation of nuclear weapons would result in the total destruction of targeted cities and regions, killing millions instantly, and demolishing essential infrastructure. The aftermath would be characterized by widespread death and suffering due to intense heat, blast effects, and radiation exposure. This would in turn result in overwhelming health crises, including severe burns, radiation sickness, and long-term conditions like cancer. The direct destruction of urban centers, communication networks, and essential services would disrupt the very fabric of social organization, leading to chaos and a breakdown in law and order. It's already unfolding even without all this. Further, 
exacerbating this devastation would be the long-term environmental and economic consequences. A nuclear winter triggered by smoke and soot from fires blocking sunlight would lead to a drastic drop in global temperatures, disrupting agriculture and leading to widespread famine. This environmental collapse would be coupled with breakdown of economic systems. And this is already occurring. We see on satellite imagery, climate engineering operations targeting agricultural regions. We're there. Without nuclear holocaust, we are already nearly certain to hit the wall at full velocity. Global trade, financial markets, and supply chains would collapse, plunging the world into unprecedented economic depression, to say the very least. The cumulative effect of these impacts would be dismantling of the interconnected systems that sustain modern civilization, leading to its total collapse. The severity of these consequences underscores the existential threat posed by nuclear war. The bottom line existential threat will always be biosphere collapse. The total unraveling and destruction of the planet's remaining life support systems, which are already in the advanced stages of their demise. And this is accelerating exponentially. Climate and environmental collapse pose immediate existential threats to civilization and the entire web of life primarily through the relentless degradation of ecosystems that underpin human life and society. As climate and ecological collapse accelerates, with global climate engineering operations further fueling the entire scenario, it leads to ever more extreme weather events like hurricanes, droughts, floods, and heat waves, which in turn have devastating impacts on agriculture, freshwater supplies, and human habitability. Again, weather warfare, core to that equation. These changes threaten food security worldwide, which is already occurring in dozens of countries around the world. Widespread famine and water scarcity is core to this equation. Furthermore, rising sea levels resulting from melting polar ice caps and glaciers will inundate coastal cities, displacing millions of people and causing unprecedented migration crises, i.e. mass flows of ecological collapse refugees, which is, of course, already well underway. Rising sea levels will sooner than almost any dare to imagine begin to inundate coastal nuclear power plants, triggering explosions and subsequent meltdowns, i.e. Fukushima times many. Game over. The loss of biodiversity and the collapse of ecosystems such as coral reefs, rainforests, further exacerbate these challenges, disrupting the natural services they provide like pollination, climate regulation, and the purification of air and water. The secondary effects of these environmental changes will be equally catastrophic for civilization. As resources become scarce and habitable areas shrink, there's certain to be increased conflict over what remains, leading to wars and widespread social unrest. We're already there. Economic systems will collapse under the strain of these environmental challenges, leading to global economic instability and a rapid decline in living standards. Further, the psychological impact on individuals and societies facing the loss of their homes, livelihoods, and traditional ways of life will likely contribute to widespread mental health crises. And for the record, would it not be correct to state that many in the ranks of the human race are already in this category? You decide. In a world where the environmental foundations of civilization are crumbling, the social, economic, and political structures built upon them will also fail, thus leading to a collapse of civilization as we know it. The gradual, interconnected nature of these changes makes them particularly insidious, as the accumulation of impacts will ultimately reach a tipping point beyond which recovery is impossible. For the record, that tipping point, in fact, many of them, are already in the rearview mirror. There's no going back. 
Again, the likelihood of nuclear war is intricately connected to climate collapse with resource scarcity and conflict being key links. Climate change, aka climate collapse, exacerbates resource scarcity, particularly water and arable land, heightening geopolitical tensions and potentially involving nuclear armed states. But again, for the record, a nuclear Armageddon isn't needed to seal our collective fate. Short of a complete course correction, it's already baked into the equation. The moment a species learns to manipulate its environment for gain is the moment the clock starts ticking on its own demise. The great filter of self-destruction is a key feature of all intelligent life in our universe, and it's exceedingly unlikely for any civilization to pass through successfully. The experiment of intelligent life on Earth has run its course. This was always going to be temporary. Again, this question, was humanity's end determined from the beginning? Technological civilizations are built off natural resources, energy, and the mindset to exploit these resources for gain. The evolutionary process elevates the most competitive and exploitive species, and thus, the very reason of humanity's so-called success will be the likely cause of our now inevitable collapse. Where does this leave us? So many that I once thought I knew, I now realize I didn't. How can so many sit idly by with so many atrocities taking place from the skies to the ground, converging insanity from every conceivable direction? Now is when we must choose to individually remember that no matter what anyone else in our world is doing or isn't doing, we're only responsible for ourselves, for what we choose to do or not to do with the time we've been given. Please consider that so long as you're still standing, it's never too late to begin a dedicated trek on the right path. As the proverb goes, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And as another proverb goes, the journey is the destination and the destination is the journey. And yes, I've stated that on this broadcast before, but I remember that every moment of every single day as I continue to trek in this endless battle of over 20 years for me now. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to make your voice heard in this all-important battle for everything that matters. Stay strong. Never yield to the collective insanity ever. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.